When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a Cobras and Fire and Decibel Geek crossover event starring the Torpedo Men of Podcasting, Loose Cannon, Baco, and Chris Sinzak. This is the premiere of the groundbreaking KISS talk show, Three Sides of a Chilling. Chris? Yeah. Oh. There he is. Okay. It was hard to hear you. Jesus. Uh, it's hard to hear you. Hang on a second. Let me. Yeah, it doesn't Did sound great. bad. Yeah, man. Are you drinking again? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of mic do you have there? Uh, my um, Droid Turbo phone. Oh, shit. That's the only way you can do it? Well, I thought it would be cool, okay to use the phone. Is that a problem? No, it well, sounds bad to me. It, it sounds okay. I, I just that, you know, we, we have a certain professional standard here. <laughs> Oh, so you're starting that this week? <laughs> That's correct. Nice. Hey, oh, round one. All right. Well, we're 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 off and running. So yes, yes. Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Loose Cannon, along with Baco. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? I'm excellent. And how we about have... this? Oh, nice. I'm guessing that is natural light. <laughs> Natty ice, bitch. Nah, it's, it's a silver bullet. Actually, I'm drinking that that uh, 90 shilling I told you about. Oh, you are. But I, I brought a can out just to make the sound effect. That's oh, in a bottle. Good, good. Sound effects are great. Well, we also have somebody else with us today. His name is Chris Sinzak. Hello, Chris. Hello, underlings. How are you? <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, why don't this you... Why the, don't this, you... this is the kind of start I was hoping for. Yeah, why don't you explain uh, what makes you famous? <laughs> famous? That's funny. Uh, well, I know no, Paco. I, <laughs> I host the uh, Decibel Geek podcast, and we've been around for a while, and uh, you guys both have been contributors to the website, and uh, yeah, we put out a show every week. And we are your bastard children, and... Yes. Uh, so basically you're slumming tonight, correct? Yeah, well, I thought I'd throw you guys a bone. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. And I mean, okay. this, this is your first, this is the first time you've ever guested on a, another podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, it never happened. Because <laughs> that, that, really that really made you, us feel you special. You like Kiss? <laughs> Paco, I mean, we sat and, and thought of this for a while and brainstormed, and, and, and it just it just all of a sudden came to us. Why don't you just kind of describe what the idea of Three Sides of a Shilling is? Well, the the part I, I remember before I blacked out was uh, that it's, you know, it's just kind of touching back to that time where, where you know, just you, where it's like three dudes outside of a homeless shelter talking about Kiss, you know, like that thing that we, <laughs> everybody can relate to. Yeah, exactly. And Especially that's where, Kiss fans. <laughs> right. And that and that's where the, the whole shilling thing comes, you know, comes up. And, and, you know, there's obviously three of us. And we think it's a great name. 
And it's also, you know, it's a play on one of the best Kiss songs of all time, Two oh, Sides of the Coin. Right. Fucking horrible lyrics. Excuse me? <clears throat> horrible lyrics. Elaborate. I mean, like, I, I've met some ladies, you know, I've met some <laughs> girls, they're, every, they're all around us, I just, they just want to whirl. I, I, honestly, I'm with Chris here. I mean, they're, they're fucking horrible. I, uh, wait, 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 wait. No, again, both you guys were already starting a little bit of argument, but I can, listen, it's on the album Greatest Kiss. I mean, it is just horrible lyrics. <sighs> anyway, it's on Greatest Kiss. It's fucking great. So anyway, it's, it's called it's called Three Sides it's of a Show. It's called it three... might, It's a misprint, maybe. I don't know. And they just went with it? Probably. All right. Anyway, it's called Three Sides of a Shilling. And Baco made a little theme song. So here it go. Baco, that sounds exactly the same as the <laughs> Cobra's On Fire theme song. Oh, I liked it. Do you if have you another? don't like it, I got the other one. Go ahead and play that. Okay. Here is theme song number two. You take loose cannon, you take Baco, and that's somebody that you just might know. Just three dudes talking about kiss, and we won't edit out the part where we gotta get up and take a piss, get up and take a piss. Three sides of the shilling to listen to One's probably drunk all the time Three dudes talking kids not eating tacos Which one should you choose? Probably Bacos Choose one Now that's what I'm talking about You actually rhymed Baco with Taco Well done <laughs> Hey, I didn't even know that those rhymed <laughs> I didn't either until today It's, well, it's, huh. it's good, it's good I like it. It makes Baco Tuesday a lot different. It's solid. So anyway, the other part of the idea of the show is the fact that unlike our other shows where, as you can see, it's a little loose right now, we usually cut up (laughs) everything and, you know, make ourselves sound relatively sane and intelligent as a result. But this time we're just going to do it completely unedited. We're just going to go with it. We're just going to, you know, and and I'm thinking that, that right in the beginning... You know, the, the theme for today is called Kissed Opportunities, which has to do with, is a play on, obviously, Missed Opportunities. Very clever. And it is going to be things such as business decisions that they made or directions they went. And I'm not talking about just like the elder or things like that. I'm talking about more more specific creative things, just like the creativity of the show. Besides that, I'm thinking that we should com- we should start with something completely unrelated to the theme because that's kind of our thing. So <laughs> why don't uh, Baco you 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 wanted to talk about the D Snyder and Paul dispute? I don't understand how people could accept this. Tommy Sayer, I'm sorry, it's insulting. Not only did he play with a tribute band of kids, he's imitating Ace in his entire act. Is it Ace imitation? Let me let me put it in in the simplest terms. In this case, this guy is a wannabe, has always been a wannabe, and desperately wants attention and to be taken seriously. Yeah, let's start with our uh, special guest today, Chris Sinzak. If you hadn't heard, he's the host of Decibel Geek. Uh, The thoughts on this. My take on this is it was kind of weird because 
Well, part of um, allow me to rant a little bit because mm-hmm. um, that's what we do here. The first, the first mention I got of the, even the fact that Paul was back on Jericho's podcast was the um, the blabbermouth, you know, gotcha thing of Paul Stanley called. Yeah, the same here. Wanna- and it kind of pissed me off because I, then I'm like, well, I'm going to listen to the whole interview, and I listened to the whole interview, and um. I thought it was a overall Paul came off great in the interview and it was actually him at his most restrained or he wasn't, he didn't seem bitter at all through like the whole thing. Um, even when it came to Ace and Peter, he talked highly of the, the original guys. He talked highly of every year of the band. He even gave props to the original road crew, which I know those guys deserve that for a long time. But so I was listening to it going, this is a really good interview with Paul. He's coming off really classy. And then at the end, he, he's like, well, here's Dee Snyder talking shit about you. What do you think about that? Well, can you really blame him for reacting the way he did? I mean, yes. In my, well, no, but coming mean, seriously, I mean, yet Paul could have taken the high road in this. But this is one oh, of those he, cases. He had a lot of options, and he took the lowest of all of them as well, far as I'm let me Let me explain. Yeah. I, I think both guys, both guys are right and both guys are wrong. And, and this sounds terrible, but A, D. Snyder is entitled to feel that Kiss is not the same without the original guys and having two guys playing in the replacement's makeup. He's entitled to that opinion just the same as anyone else is. It's fine. Sure. He's allowed to feel that way. But at the same time, he's using the media and he launched his podcast based on this rant of his. He knew what he was doing. Dee Snyder only gets headlines when he makes some comment slamming somebody else in the press because who the hell else is going to talk about Twisted Sister? So th- he, it's completely calculated. And then Paul is right. Is, Paul is right in the fact that he's you know, and in, in my opinion, what he said is true. I don't know that I I like Twisted Sister. I don't know that I would put down the entire band, but the fact that Paul was right in the fact that he's looking for attention and was just throwing this out there and slamming Kiss because he wanted the attention that it would get him, and he got it. But Paul's also wrong because he fed the troll. You never feed the troll. Delicious. So, Chris. Yeah. I want to let you know about a concert I went to recently that I think you'll appreciate because of your raging boner for Vinnie Vincent. Okay. And that Notice it, I didn't deny it. Say it again? Notice I didn't deny it. I know that you just said, okay, carry on. Uh, so, last. Yes. Yes, continue. Uh, okay, so. A little more raging right now. <laughs> so, basically, I went to a concert about a week ago that was. The lineup was LA Guns. I talked about this in the last podcast, but let me give you the uh, abbreviated version LA Guns. Oh, God damn it. Hold on for a second. It's the wife. Hold on. Hello? Uh, No, I can't come home right now. I just started the podcast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Our house just ain't a home. Mm -hmm. You're always there alone. This is the only night I'm gone, honey. Give me a fucking break. Take your meds. I don't have time for this shit. boys are podcasting. Jesus. I gotta go. All right. You guys there? You want to edit that? Yeah. Uh, No, I said no edits. We're pushing through. Enjoy the couch tonight. (laughs) Keep rolling. Listen, don't worry about it. We're we're moving on. 
Okay? Continue on. What, who is talking? You or Vinnie Vincent. Oh, yes. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so anyway, so last week I went to the concert, and the lineup was L.A. Guns and Kicks and Slaughter and Lita Ford. So there is, there is something that probably will never happen ever again, and that is that the Vinnie Vincent invasion was referenced twice by two different bands that night. Mm. L.A. Guns, of course. <laughs> no. Oh. So one obviously was Slaughter, and Mark said, uh, all of a sudden, after like the second song, said, "I'm just a little curious. Do you do you know the other one, Chris, or are you just being smart?" Well, the other one's Lita Ford because Bobby Rock plays oh, okay. drum for. Okay. Okay. So you already know. So, but, but but it was kind of amusing though, is that they after the second song, he just said, "This is you know, Dana Strom has been with me since the Vinnie Vincent invasion." So you mentioned that, and then. I just thought it was was odd after like the second song also with Lita Ford said this is this is Bobby Rock and and he's been uh, he is from the Vinnie Vincent Invasion and said no other bands <laughs> that he was in <laughs> which I thought <laughs> right. Right. Isn't Isn't that that nuts? I mean it's like not not exactly his most successful act that's what I'm saying she just mentioned Vinnie Vincent Invasion I'm like there's no other place on earth I can I can be that actually references Vinnie you need Vincent to get Invasion him on for Vinnie Vincent Part Six by the way. What are you talking about? Bobby Who? Rock? Yeah. I'd love to talk to him. I, well, we're, I don't, it just got a, we just announced this week we're one of the sponsors for the Ride for Dime show that's coming up here in Nashville and Slaughter's headlining it. So I'm working to possibly get, at least get Mark back again and, and also hopefully get Dana to come back on. Well, nice. that, that show, just watching Zoltan, is entertaining enough. It's yeah, <laughs> really good. Tell him to play more than eight songs, though. So... Moving on. You want to start the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So also during the, the podcast, we're going to play some songs that are not by Kiss, but they've inspired other bands. And in these songs, they've referenced Kiss in the lyrics. So we are actually going to kick this off and take a little break before we get into it with a song by the Black Spiders called Kiss Tried to Kill Me. Have you heard this one, Chris? I love it. We've played it on Gospel Geek. That's what I thought. I don't think Baco's heard it though, right? No. Okay. So we're so here is the Black Spiders with Kiss tried to kill me.
So, Chris, go ahead. Which one do you want to talk about okay. first to discuss? My, well, the first bad decision I have, and this is in, this is incredibly specific. <laughs> this is this nice. is not just this is this is not about an album. This goes down to not just a song. This goes down to the video for a song. Okay, I'm talking about Gene Simmons' appearance in the Tears Are Falling video. <laughs> <laughs> I like this, why just Gene. The yeah. rest of the guys at least had a passable chance at looking okay with that look. Right. You but, know, I, go ahead. But this Gene Simmons looks like a complete abomination in this video. And it's, it's the funniest <laughs> part of it is, is he's, yeah, he's dressed up like freaking B. Arthur. But, the, but what's worse than that is like for a couple of years going into that video, he was wearing wigs and trying to look, you know, cool with his wig on. Right. So He looked better with his wig. So for this video, though, they're like, we're going to dress you up in sequin gowns. And he goes, I know what I'll do. I'll not wear the wig this time. And he actually has <laughs> a complete receding hairline. And he looks like a, he looks like Andre the Giant wearing B. Arthur's clothes. <laughs> he looks fucking awful. And it's just like, and that's Tears Are Falling is a great song. I think I honestly think that video could have been a big hit. But it's Gene's freaking fault for looking the way he does in the video. And it ruined it. Oh, no, I I. Yeah. I, I I completely agree with that. That the thing that's that's entertaining to me about the whole asylum period is the fact that one of the greatest things that pulled me in big time was when I owned the exposed video. But every mm-hmm. single one of those videos, like I would watch it, I'd be like, "Great stuff, great stuff, funny stuff. I love all these guys are hamming it up. Love this, love this, love the old clips. Oh fuck, here's another asylum video." And I would just I would I would just fast forward through them, and they look like they filmed them all on the same day, on the same yeah. studio. There's like I mean, there's no difference between the, well, the who wants, who wants to be, to be lo- lonely, lonely video. It was shot in a shower. <laughs> okay, they, they did film them all on the same day by the same director. They filmed they? them all in England. They yeah. all in England because they could save money on the taxes. Cheap bastards. So David yeah, Mallet was, was the director. Wow. So you know, you, uh, a guy who, who thought it, considered himself an insider tried to tell me this dirt on Kiss, and this was the dirt, that on the Revenge album, they did mm-hmm. not own the, the leather trench coats. They rented them. <laughs> like, that's, really, that's, that's, the dirt. that's your big freaking dirt? Anyway. It's called wardrobe. They do that Let me know when it's my time to chime in on this goddamn point, Chris. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Do your opinion on it, too. I completely agree, and I, and I second, third, and... Uh, Tenth, they, that, well, I that, mean, that, it's, that, that thing I, that what he just what do you said. mean you agree? Terrible. I mean, it's like I, I agree. It, he should have taken one for the team. He should have been basically. He should have been the same thing. Where how they put John Popper in the dark. Um, I, well, the only yeah, thing I'll, I'll say is that like, volcano. yeah, this just yeah, okay. The vol- the volcano and Paul Stanley's gloves ruined the video, and maybe that third kick drum that Eric Carr had. Those are the three things that ruined it, probably for anybody. Also, I, I'm not. I don't know. Tears of Falling is an okay song, but there's love it. it. It's not a timeless. It wasn't like a song that was bound to be a bigger hit than it was. I don't think, but um, I'm pretty sure that Gene just stepped off of uh, the film shoot for uh, Never Too Young to Die and just walked into that. <laughs> you know, so I think he was still in. You were there filming the same place. The the the, the she male thing or whatever that is. Yeah. I, th- I think video wise, they peaked at Heaven's on Fire. By the way. <laughs> You I'm might be kidding. right. I literally think that's a great video. That was the last one they did that when you think of the time it was done, 
and how it looked and how it compared to everything else they were competing against, that mm-hmm. was their peak. Everything else they did was always lagging behind everything else. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, kind of creepy watching it now, though. It is a little weird, but but only because Mark St. John's dead. That's why so it's creepy. <laughs> no, I don't know why it's creepy. I'm half just... the half the band is dead in that video. I guess you're right. Yeah. Oh man. Hmm. Fucking bring us down. Yeah, Jesus, Chris. Come on. This is supposed to be a lighthearted <laughs> show. We, we talk well, about to... we talk about everything from from Papa John's pizza to fedoras, <laughs> fedoras. And, and all kinds of irrelevant shit in the last episode. So, you know, just just keep it light. All right, Baco, what do you got? Well, I think my biggest uh, the biggest mistake, if you were asked to ask me, which I think you are, um. Kiss was always a visual band, and it seemed like the moment the uh, MTV music video thing kind of took off, they pretty much hey got... Hey, guys. Guys, I got to take a piss, but keep going, okay? No edits. Okay. All right, keep rolling. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, they pretty much just continually underwhelmed uh, visually. So, as <laughs> a visual band. <laughs> no, I, well, I don't, I don't know that I agree with you that i agree with you on this because well i don't know i thought they they put forth a good video with i love it loud and that that was they were ignored when that came out i mean i remember yes definitely that that one like it it, that video should have been a huge video but but you could tell the mtv at the time was like nope we're we're hitching our wagon to british bands and you know new wave stuff that was largely tied into the you know the wreckage of the elder, though I think you're probably right, and that was and also um, Kiss being ten years old at the time. Yeah, but I mean, I, other than the the Asylum videos and and the Crazy Nights videos, um, I don't know. I, I think everything they put out was competitive with what what was out. They got they got decent directors to do their stuff. Oh I don't, no, yeah, I mean, sure, 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 competitive, but like they were never like vanguards in the industry. They, they never they could have really taken more advantage of it i just think i think it would have helped them to be more aggressive in it not just be like a performance video that's why i was saying like the the heavens on fire thing might have been their best video because it was kind of a combination of all that stuff but it was also one of the best at the time like you know they're going up against like uh, i think hot for teacher in panama by van halen were big ones at the moment and i got well, of course, the we're not going to take it with D. Snyder and with the sister, but he's back well, to yeah. taking a piss. But yeah, but I mean, what the, but then at the same time, there's been there's been cases where Kiss has tried to go the extra mile with their video or with concepts of the video, and those those the two times that they've done that, both videos have been shelved and never seen, and that's with the eye video and that's with the thrills in the night video. Well. The eye video was anyway. I'm back here. I'm I'm good now. Go ahead. Yeah, we don't care. The (laughs) eye video was uh, was before, you know, like any real visual medium was going on. And the thrills in the night video. What do you mean nobody's seen it? There's they filmed a concept version of that video where the whole band is dressed in suits and ties and working in an office building. And it and it was so bad that Paul Stanley himself was like, no one will ever see this, and they shelved it. Well, that sounds like Paul Stanley's fault, not mine. Sounds like the uh, the Folgers commercial. 
Oh, well. <laughs> I just think they could have been more creative. The, I think the reason they didn't, and I hate to say this because I'm talking about my favorite band, is because they weren't more creative. They're just not. No, they, they just, weren't. I mean, this look, look was at, not an area they were comfortable with. They just couldn't really grasp it. It was new, and they were old, and they were trying to stay current. And but they, the thing and, about that, though, is that it doesn't make sense. Is that? But that's everything, though, is as far as the, the visual goes. Like, here's the thing that mystifies me. So, who's the director of all those like Motley Crue, like the Wild Side video, which I watched six million times when I was a kid and thought was awesome, as how it was shown their live show. Who's the director? Seriously, I mean, you, who? You really know this, Chris? The director of Wild Side? No, there's like a guy that always does the the concert type videos. Oh, you thought Marty Colliner? I believe so. I don't think that's the right he name. Did, I'm gonna um, go with Wayne Isham, but he's not a concert guy. But it's this, Marty it's this, Colliner did uh, Reason to Live and uh, Turn on the Night. I know that. Well, it's it's the same guy that did the Modern Day Delilah video. Who's uh, oh I, yeah, Wayne Isham. There you go. There you go, Wayne Isham. So. So the, I said Wayne Isham. You did? I didn't hear you. Good we'll lord. Go for the playback. Okay, we'll we'll listen to it. So so Wayne Isham, he he directed a lot of the Motley Crue stuff. Like the I think he also did. I thought he was more known for like Janie's Got a Gun and. No, he also did like the same old situation. I think. Well, obviously, if if Billy Hardaway is hearing this, his head head will explode if the facts are not completely correct. That's okay. But, he can go listen to the new Maiden with a. I don't. <laughs> so the the point <laughs> being is is. That even taking somebody love that, Billy Hardaway. Yes, I know. So the point being is that it, modern day Delilah, they could have done a cool concert video, but then even with that one, it's like they, they keep having the sound effects with the flames and all this stuff, and it looks it looks bad. It was not a good video overall. I just it just it just blows my mind the fact that they can't get it right when it comes down to for a few exceptions with like the videos. Circus, that, the video is sweet. <laughs> That was one of the most embarrassing things, seeing that video. Like, I actually I don't know, bought... I see Peter Chris flying at you with drumsticks that he's not moving. <laughs> All I know <laughs> is that, I mean, it was the worst green screen, like, the like cheap-ass thing you've ever seen. And I actually bought that. Did, did, Wait. It, does everybody here buy the videotape with the stupid single? Of course. Okay. Yeah, of course. And then you took it home. You mean you put, only you... once. I mean, no, I bought it more than once. Oh, my God. So then, then you take it home, you put on the 3D glasses, and it's just <laughs> horrible. First off, you're sitting there like... What the fuck is wrong with me? Okay, first of all, you're blaming Kiss for cathode ray tube technology. That's bullshit, man. I don't care. It doesn't matter if it was it was bad or not as far as the, the 3D well, how about part. The, whole the video was bad. What a dumb idea that was. Like, you're actually there. It's <laughs> literally right. 3D. And you have us putting on 3D glasses to watch it. And the best part is when you look around the crowd and everybody's wearing them. You're like, what is yeah. going on? I, this, no, this the best part is like nerds like me wouldn't bend them, so I just held them flat to my face during the whole time because oh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to break them. I wanted them. To oh yeah, I've got mine in a scrapbook with some pieces of confetti from the show. Yeah, I have. I had mine for a while, and then I finally tossed them. I'm like, why do I have these? Quitter. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I remember looking at the TV screen, going, I think that's 3D. <laughs> 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 but weren't you like when they did that you're like you're like seriously this is what they've given me is this thing like I, it's not one here's the whole thing like obviously the band watches the videos at some point before the release like did any did all four of them sit there and be like 
Fuck yeah. yeah. This kind of like is the, the new Black Sabbath like commercial like Oh my you, you lord, that's terrible. Else? Have you seen that, Chris? The black what is it? Black it's, Sabbath commercial? It's the it's the the tour the, like, the final tour. The fi- it's the final tour uh, announcement and it looks like somebody made it on a PC in 2000 with like terrible graphics and it's it's just, And listening to the voice, you'd probably mistake it for a monster truck rally. It's really embarrassing. You should watch it. <laughs> You'll Sunday, like it. Sunday, Sunday. It really is. Yeah, it's like, it's like, the last. This the Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> it's really bad. But anyway, I, I'm just amazed when these things actually get out. Because at hey. some point, there should be somebody sitting down that goes, this is awful. What'd you say, Baco? Oh, that's my little cat here. Yeah, all right. I, I, I see cat pictures all the time from this guy. He's like, oh, Jesus! Rip. What's going on? What the fuck? Ow! You just fucking attacked me. Okay. Uh, what? When you—that's what I. So that was we make fun of Peter Chris. Don't edit this out. <laughs> oh, that's the Peter Chris. Chris. Okay. Okay. Listen. Um, we're just—we're not editing. Like I said, we're pushing through. No edits. So, are you done with your rant, Baco? Jesus. Yeah, your turn. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm just going to – one of my points was kind of where you were going with that. So I'll just I'll just actually add on to that instead of using my point. Then I'll actually go into one of mine, my kissed opportunities. So with that said about the no great music videos with, with few exceptions like we're talking about, the thing that that kills me though is the fact that they never put out a professional, incredible – home like a like a full concert on either dvd you know at the time video blu-ray whatever that was shot in a way that was like the like you've seen these acdc concerts right they're on 35 millimeter film you know like a thousand Mm -hmm. cameras helicopter shots all this like completely professional and i'll give you one example tiger stadium you all you all own kissology of course right Okay. You're only telling me. Three. Go ahead. I only have volume three. Bullshit. So, <laughs> the, you're telling me that that the only copy they have of that Tiger Stadium concert is a screen record off of the the feed from that from that actual venue. It right. has to be the case, otherwise they would have done something with it. I know, but I'm saying that how is that possible? That, that that their their comeback reunion concert that, oh, okay. they, that they did not film it professionally. Yes, because they're they're not they're not good. That's what I'm saying. Is that, and, and you look at the the kissology in, in, in general. You know they have all these opportunities. They put out this this thing. I was like, I was kind of excited about it when they put out the Kiss Symphony and that thing will give you a seizure. You know what I mean? Oh, like they, I I tried two months ago to get through it and. I got through maybe six or seven songs, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Right, and it's it was an like, embar- I mean, I started thinking, you start feeling really anxious watching it. Well, you're watching it, you're like, can the, can the camera not move for three fucking yeah. seconds? I'm like, this is this is ridiculous. And you're looking at this, you're like, okay, this is a cool event. You know what I mean? Like, it's something different. They've done this one time or whatever, and, you know, it, it, it might not be my favorite thing, but shoot it nice, and it's on these cheap cameras and it's edited together by somebody that obviously does just just pounds and pounds of cocaine 
And it just <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense that, that 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 would happen. That they would look at that, and I can't. And see, I can just see Gene and Paul sitting there and just going like, you know, perfect. Let's put this out. This is what the people want. This is this is this is what they need. And you know, Kissology, perfect opportunity to to take the you know ventured stuff and do. Do you ever see how the West was won by Led Zeppelin? No, I haven't. Okay, well, it was a uh, a concert DVD. The mayor of St. Paul was in the second coming. <laughs> okay, my point is, is what they did is that that all these other releases. Carry on, I got to take a leak. Okay, bye. Don't edit this out. I, I won't. I won't. The point is, is that you know, weren't you expecting a better mix, Chris, when you looked at those old when you wa- were on watching Kissology that they would actually clean up those old videos because they could. Yeah, because. The majority of it would look just like what I had on bootlegs for years. Exactly, I had most of those, but and, and some of them, like people bitch about, were the some of them were actually worse than the ones I had, right? Well, the 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 real gem of all of the Kissologies is Larco seventy seven, which I don't have. Oh, you don't have that? No, and I know that's, that that's the one that's, that everybody always talks about. Yeah, and it's just a bonus disc, but it's like it's beautiful quality. I mean, it's like it's the best professionally shot 70 show there is yeah i don't have that one i, I know what you're talking about i just it, I'm, oh. I'm assuming it's on youtube right oh uh, yeah i'm sure it is it, but yeah you it, it's it's a must see but yeah i mean like stuff like the the kobo shows and the uh was it the sev the the budokan show in uh, the, the oh, hell the largo show looks worse than stuff i have right like that- the uh the largo 79 show and you have to wonder about that, and that's the whole thing that, that that comes off as lazy to me because they have. I mean, you're talking about one of the most visual bands. That's kind of my calling card with Kiss is that when it comes to the stuff that like they're not good at, they always over control it. Part of it. I, I will say this: when it comes to what you're talking about, I'm not that worried about it. But like, there's this new Kiss documentary coming out, which is only like what the ninth one about Kiss. Mm-hmm. But of course, just like all the other ones, Gene and Paul have their fingers in, and there will never be a high quality, good one done with a creative angle that doesn't let them be vulnerable. And you're basically talking about everything. They they don't want this crap out there that <laughs> they have. He's gone again. Damn it. Hold on. Let me let me your rant. Hold on. No edits. I was making a great point. I know. I'm back. Oh, you're back. Okay. All right. Good. No edits. All, all I'm getting at is that like as long as Gene and Paul are involved, it's always going to suck when it comes to like being high quality. The bands that do this stuff and do it well, they let go. They let people who are pros come in and expose them for everything. And they don't, the bands don't worry about it. They realize that, like, our fans are our fans. Like, just because I said the word dick doesn't mean that nobody's ever going to listen to me again. Yeah. And so, yet, this is the same two people we're talking about that it's going to call D. Snyder a wannabe just because he made a point that, frankly, many of their fans share. Here's the thing, though. Another example. I was so excited when they were coming out with, uh, you know, the Detroit Rock City movie. You know, I like mm-hmm. that's a good movie. That might be the one example. <laughs> okay, here we go. Now, so, so I, so what I a saw. So shit. I go, I go into the theater to see this, and the opening credits. I'm like, this is kick ass. They're playing "I Stole Your Love." 
you know, the little, the little segue and the, the, the whole credit sequence. Then the movie starts and I last about 15 minutes and I, and I was with my girlfriend at the time. And I just go, fuck this. Let's watch American Pie again. We just went to the other, went to see the other show. <laughs> that, that movie, that movie was just such a missed opportunity with, with everything. And then the little, the little uh, thing at the end, it was just one more thing where they could have made a great movie with everything that was going on right now and at the time Lots and they just risk. missed it. Well, mm, you make a fair point. This is, I don't know if it's one of those things to where I wanted to like it so badly that I was like, oh, it's pretty good. But, you know, if, if it, I think the movie didn't know what it was wanting, what it was trying to be. Because, I mean, like, they wanted Kiss to be part of it, but then they wanted Kiss to be, you Not know, I don't know, just, just some of the the dialogue was so cheesy. And, like, you know, the way that guys would talk about going to see Kiss. And it's like, I don't know if, if maybe I'm just more cynical because I'm older, but I don't know. Some of the dialogue was really bad. It was very, really it was very f- fanboy. You could tell it was like, let's just have these kids too- talk about what a great, yeah. the greatest thing of all. It was just, it was just too, too much. It, it was, was too, outside too of fanboy. That, though, I mean, and by the way, you're talking about a very small percentage of the movie. What are you talking the about? The dialogue is a small percentage of the movie. The dialogue about, I love Kiss and I want to go see Kiss is Dude, a small part of the movie. They say that every, go 30 seconds without somebody praising Kiss. Yeah. Anyway, an- another missed opportunity. The best, by far, Kiss movie that was ever put out was Role Models. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. My God, that movie was fucking awesome. It had a Kiss theme that I didn't even know existed until I watched it. I was like, I had no idea what I, I was like. Oh, I'll, I'll watch this movie. And then they had the whole Love Gun bit. They got the whole thing at the end where they're dressed, and that that is what that movie should have been. Is something like that. Is this the point where we all agree with something? No. Do you agree or not? Hell yeah. Oh, you love that too? Oh, yeah. I love role models. Oh, my God. I actually, in spite of the, the Kiss reference, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it is a good movie regardless. But that, that, that whole thing was a big surprise So when I saw no, it. No, it really was for me too because I'm a, I, I like, uh, well, I don't know, a lot of things. that, that I, I love Paul Rudd. So. Yeah, no, all that stuff's good. But, okay, we done with that? Mm-hmm. All, all right, so we're going to take a quick interlude and we're going to listen to a new song by have you heard of the biters before yeah what about no. you Baco? no okay so this band has a uh, an album out right now that has several several kiss references on it have you heard the the album or at least a couple songs chris before no i i'm aware of them but i haven't heard the new album yeah i was turned on by uh, michael butler at the rock and roll geek show and he played one or two songs, and there is a song that's perfectly appropriate for right now because of the whole 40 years since since Live was released, and it's a song called 1975, which has plenty of Kiss references in it, obviously, and, it, and it, 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 it's all about the album Alive. So here is The Biters with 1975 off their latest album, which I cannot remember right now. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna lose my mind I wanna rock and roll all night Like it's 1975 When all the kids were cool And 
problem with the elder sinzak oh god well, let's go do that well, let's do that real quick what, do you want me to do my jokes Paco? you got jokes <laughs> i got jokes <laughs> yeah if we want I, it, wait a second if you had other things to go to that's fine huh no I, i'm i'm no we were just kind of uh there was a little banter back and forth about the elder but between Hardaway and me, and uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, I know Zach sure, chimed I, I think, in a little bit. I think Chris it's not that well. big a deal. I, I have a little fun with it. Chris, it's a it's a band out of ideas. That's that's summing up what that album is to me. <laughs> How what was the whole thing that, that he said about this is better than the at least it's better than the <laughs> elder? Is that the whole <laughs> phrase? Yeah, Billy Hardaway's whole deal is like like uh, you know my finger in my ass is better than the elder. And, uh, <laughs> I know. 
<laughs> the, the, the uh, I put like the elder door on the turntable is better than the elder spinning it. <laughs> I put the uh, the the tour for the elder was better than the elder because there wasn't one. Yeah, now, I I don't know if this is part of the show, but I will say this. Uh, I love the elder bantering, and and I get it, and I don't care. But I actually really enjoy the record. That's fine. Um, I'm you happy can. for you. Yeah, I'm happy for you too. You guys say it like you're kidding me. I no, I wish I could enjoy it like other people do. I just can't. There, there is a but uh, during your iron, during your Iron Maiden discussion, Billy mentioned something like it's kind of where you come in, and he was talking about the timeline with Maiden. And I think that has a lot to do with it. I don't know that if I would have been a fan at 87, if I could look back at The Elder and love it. But The Elder was like this like this weird record that I could never hear for a long time, but I knew a couple songs. And then when I finally got it, and it was it was great. So I think it's interesting to listen to. I don't know that that means I like it, but it's such a weird, odd record for, for Kiss that it's, it's interesting to listen to as a novelty for me, but... This, I don't know. There's just there are some good songs on it, but a lot of them are just swings and misses. As far yeah, as what what it is is that the, I think a lot of times as as Kiss fans or, or fans of certain bands in general is if you were to listen to certain albums <clears throat> and take away the fact that you like the band, I think you wouldn't give it as much slack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the, you would look at it and be like, oh, "That's not for me." And you just move on, yeah. but, but because it's the whole I, I think history this and is the one example for me that, that that could be applied to me for because I'm pretty unforgiving otherwise, and and I I will say this, and 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 I don't think this is like any anything to tie into what you're saying. Monster and Sonic Boom are the worst records they've ever done. I disagree. No, not no. even and, oh, no. And, and the elder is better than both of them. Absolutely you're not. Blinded by, you're blinded by makeup, Baco. Yep. That's, that's uh, the whole well, thing. Wait, they're, wearing, they're wearing makeup on all three records, Chris. What the hell you yeah, want? Yeah, you're, you're blinded by the discussion we had earlier tonight. Yep. Oh, not at all. No, 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 no. That I, I want to make that clear. Uh, I don't care for what they're doing, but musically, if they release something new, I want to like it. Hell or Hallelujah is probably the best song they've done since... Worst song on that album. Shut the fuck up. You're a goddamn idiot. Nope. That, <laughs> all, all it is is the is is All-American Man redone. Uh, yeah, with, yeah, with a, we've talked a, about this. That song terrible... kicks ass. And by the way, that is yeah. the first time I've heard Paul Stanley sound like Paul Stanley from like the, the 70s or early 80s. That one part I where think, he goes... No, nah, shout, shout, mer- shout Mercy... Um, that's a great song. Yeah, a lot of the other ones are. are no, those two better. records are outtakes from Asylum at best. No, no, you're so wrong. Unbelievable. Heller, Heller Hallelujah Gene's, is probably the best song they've released since. Uh, Unholy, it's, really, it's one of those that that again. I, As I, a I was, single, I was just amazed that they picked that picked that for the single. For, for, for me and the fact that they just you're amazed tr- because to... you, you prefer like boring crap like who wants to be lonely <sighs> I don't think that's boring crap it's a good song it's a boring song what do you think Chris good song or bad song who wants to be lonely yeah I love, love it oh. yeah it's fighting we're all fighting <laughs> that's why that's why there's there's everybody has 
their opinions, and there's n- nothing wrong with it. Well, to go back to, <laughs> to get, my only to point get being is that like, talk about that. I think, think that's a fucking incredible song. Hello, 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 hallelujah. Yeah, you can't even hello, say hello. it. That's hallelujah, hello, think, hallelujah. Yeah. Booyah, I like the song, but it, I, to me, to me, it's more of a cover of Deep Purple's "Burn" than anything else. Mm, I, I'll have to listen to that. I, I don't hear that, but all I'm saying is that like the the existence of Tommy and Eric aren't a reason for me not to like something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm gonna go with my hell. <laughs> I'm gonna go with my actual. Th- this one, I think. I'm not sure who will side with me or Come to ya. Good God. Are you done? <laughs> Can I move forward or not? Sure. Okay. So this one is gonna be one that hey, I, I'm not sure if anybody's gonna side with me or not, but but this is my opinion. Now, I saw the Revenge Tour in nineteen ninety two and it's one of the best concerts I've ever seen. It, it killed us. It was a perfect mix of current and old. The the band, like like when I interviewed Bruce Kulick, I thought was one of the only times that, besides the first couple of years of the band, that everybody was firing on all cylinders. I, I look at the band that a lot of times there's one weak part in the band that somebody's just not completely oh, in, okay. be it Gene or Paul loses his voice or this or that or... Ace is slipping or Peter is slipping in the end of the 70s and things like that. But but the revenge for me, and, and it was it, when I saw that concert, it was backed up with the fact that for years I saw a couple of the bootlegs that ended up on uh, Kissology and things like that. And I was like, yep, this is exactly as tight as I, I saw them. And I was always amazed that they, for a live three, they put a lot of, I guess, re-records and things like that when they were, they were kicking ass just even just straight up live. So point being is that, that was my, my, my blueprint for, for kiss. And that's, I like that, that. Are you actually saying that's your high point? Yeah. Well, I, I do have one question because I saw that same show too. And by, and by the way, we, it was great. But, um, did the other 20 people that were there like it too? It was packed. We, we were that, no it was it was to the rafters we stayed that's the thing that amazed me too when, when I've heard the fact that that tour was was your mom's a, barn or something no we were at this um it was like a 15,000 seater in in a shitty town called Fort Wayne Indiana though so that might have been part of it is the fact there's not that much entertainment out there so Are we there went, even 15,000 people in Fort Wayne Indiana no but we went to, I, I'm not in Fort Wayne so we went so we actually it was a general admission show. And I remember standing out line for like two hours. The line was like wrapped around. This is not this. That's what I'm saying. Like I went there and it was packed. We were on the floor. We're up close. The whole thing was filled t- to the top, and it was a great experience. So I'm kind of going sideways here. My point being is that the the musicality of that lineup was incredible, and great. I love the mix of, of of songs that they were playing because they 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 were playing everything. Point being is that. Then flash forward to the reunion show in 1996, which I saw. We we touched on this briefly on the last uh, podcast. They, I saw them in Louisville. My whole thing is this: I really wish that Peter Chris never was on the reunion, ever. He was awful every show that I saw him, and he <laughs> killed. He killed that. And I know the whole thing about yes, the reunion. But you know what? He says he has a People's Choice Award. He's not the People's Choice. He is the Bill Ward of 1996. 
Well, um, he could not play. It, it was a, a I, I really wish that it had been something like, you know, if if Eric Carr, for example, had not unfortunately passed, right? Then and they brought him in. It would have been a whole different thing. He he, you could hear them. Just there the whole is band a reason dragging. you don't hear. There is a reason you don't hear a lot. You always hear a lot of people like, "How can he pretend to be Ace? Is t- Tommy is like a fake Ace?" And you really don't get that kind of like, uh, I don't know, whatever. Like people don't get, seem to be that pissed about fake Peter, but they really hate fake Ace. What is your opinion on on that? Because I saw. I'll just tell you this much too. It was everything was was definitely slowed down, and, and he basically like grazes the drums, and they explode with his uh, with his <laughs> his drumsticks. And All right, well, uh, let me just say this quick. Go ahead. Nothing is slower than the way they play now. Nothing has less energy than the way they play now. I don't agree. Uh, give me a fucking break. I saw them like six times over the whole five years they were together, and. The band as it is now is like, yeah, technically better. Yep. But it is so boring. It's like, it's like you almost want to sit down watching these guys because they just, there's no energy, there's no volume. I'm, that's not a defense of Peter Chris or anything like that. I'm just saying, to your point, people get more upset about there being a fake ace than a fake Peter. 100%. Yeah. Like if, if, if I had my, if Ace could actually still, you know, if he was, he's here and there with with I've seen him live just in a solo, uh, yeah, gigs, I'm, gigs, I'm, gigs before it, too. It's part of like my views and how people look at this stuff. I am on Paul and Gene's side when it comes to Ace and Peter as musicians. Yeah, uh, I've seen Ace solo plenty of times, and it, it, it's it's fine, whatever. But it ain't it ain't up to the par that they're trying to get to, but. They have lost the energy, and I don't know if that that's because of Ace and Peter not being there. Actually, it might just be the fact that they're all in their 60s. Well, going, going back to this, though, for the reunion in, in the next couple of years, you know, Paul sounded... Chris, do you, do you agree that Paul sounded great in that time period? For, During the for, reunion? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, it was amazing. Right. I so, think he sounded good up to... I don't know about 2009. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I mean, that 2009 is the last time I saw him, and that's he was starting to kind of get on shaky ground vocally at that point, and that's why I stopped going to see them live at that point. But, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, the reunion years, he was he was the MVP of the band as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. So everybody was was pretty much, for the most part, you know, doing their 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 part, but... Dave Grohl has said, you know, your band, obviously it's a little self-centered on this comment, but Dave Grohl has had the comment, your band is only as good as your drummer. And that's all I remember is the fact that everybody was kind of leading Peter Chris through every show. And the reunion was like, like, like his best deal. And then it got worse on Psycho and it got worse on, and it was terrible. Yeah, but why? Why farewell. did they try so hard to keep him on then? Because it's a because they have to have all four. It was a whole, and that's why it kind of soured me a little bit too. Is the fact that they took took so much of a backward step. So your where, point is that they really don't give a shit. They about didn't how during that. Good you are. No, they just want somebody who's original. During that period, where they they knew they could milk it with a, the yeah, I think they set themselves up for what they're going to do now, but. Um, 
that's again. That's, yeah. So, but, but don't take, but I, I, I take, I want to also to, uh, give myself a little bit of leeway here as far as people thinking what a fucking asshole, the, the, the drumming that Peter Chris did on the first six albums is, is great. And also I think that his best drumming was actually on, uh, on dress to kill. He's a great drummer. Then it's just after, after 77, he started falling apart, obviously, but, and they never recovered. So I'm done with my rant. That's, that's my whole thing is that, that I think that that affected, because I would take people, you take, you know, I would be with people that were not huge Kiss fans and be there and they'd be like, man, that was great. Except what the fuck the guy was like slow. Yeah. yeah. Gonna, well, I mean, if he, the best, ex, the best example of Peter playing decently during the reunion tour was that Brooklyn bridge performance. Wasn't there? I've seen a couple. That's the whole thing. Is that, I guess that's random, but but I've seen a couple bootlegs where they were on, but it was very far and few between. Well, and I got to. I was. Um, I saw him on '97 and on the Lost Cities tour, and that was the the next night after he he missed that show in Columbus, Georgia, mm-hmm. when the drum tech had to play. Right. And I don't know if he just had something to prove or if he was pissed off or something, but. When he played Nashville, I, w- I so wish somebody had recorded that on video because he was he was tearing the, tearing the drum kit <laughs> it's up. Like, it's like I keep my job. <laughs> the average person really, I would say, the reunion. If they had just said we're back, we're back, and it was Eric Singer behind the kit after, let's just say Ooh. that Peter Chris was on the kit for the first month and they promoted it that way, and then all of a sudden he beca- he can't he had a an ailment. Which no, had, you wouldn't have had a revolt. You no, think? I mean. At that t- at that point, because everybody what about, buying what the about Psycho Circus? Could they have done that Psycho Circus? I'm Maybe. not really sure what you could do here. I mean, it, I, I think, think, I think it's three what if I mean, is that, like, what if Eric Carr lived and they took him instead of Peter? Um, I don't think it would have got the uh, the juice it got publicly. I think and just the fact that they were back in makeup and they had Ace, if they had the three up front and they had a, a, a drummer, you know, just like they had to, you know, uh, Sabbath had to make the decision. Bill Ward can't do it. it. I don't think the most The reason really that Kiss can do what they do now isn't because Tommy is dressed as Ace or Eric is dressed as Peter. It's because of they they, they did that reunion tour. Right. It pulled everybody back. I was happy. Actually, I was happy with the, the revenge lineup, and actually, I thought the Hot in the Shade and the Revenge actual stage show was better than anything I saw in the reunion, Psycho, and the the uh, the farewell tour. What do you think about that? I agree. Really? Mm-hmm. Isn't that isn't that the, what about you, Chris? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, I have a bias though because the Hot in the Shade tour was my first kiss to kiss show. So, I mean, that, that's always going to, that's always going to be the top. top but isn't it surprising that they didn't do something more elaborate too? They went, they wrote, and then they still do this to this day. They rely way too much on video screens. It's, you have to put, <laughs> put a real stage together, put stacking amps and video screens. Well, that's, it, that's I mean, what that's, I'm saying. Like they, 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 they say that they're the biggest show and, and there's been, times when i think it looks good but 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 honestly too on their on their reunion and i know we're going all over the place but but i looked at it and i was like man that looks pretty empty i mean I, the, the part when you know ace is doing the feedback with um king of the nighttime world and the amps come up that was cool then after that it was just kind of like well, obviously the show is them i'm just saying that that you would think that 
there would be at least on the second or third where they, they just were more creative with the, the back. Let me quantify my, what I just said because sure. I, I'm, I'm going to come off sounding bitter. The truth is the reunion tour was a fucking dream come true. And, right. you know, getting to see those four guys on stage together in costume and everything, that was enough for me. They could have played with just a candelabra and I would have been fine with it. But it's, you know, so maybe they had to go a little further on Hot in the Shade tour because they didn't give you visually from them what you would expect but no i see what you're saying i i will give those guys points because i think the spider thing was a really cool thing so i I agree with that that was probably the first time i was excited about a kiss stage show yeah no i saw that one uh two years ago and actually paul was was decent that night too and and the stage show was was pretty badass how it was how they how they worked that well chris what still gets you excited about like uh kiss nowadays Oh man, um, well I, I'll I'll be honest. It's not, I don't know. It's not as exciting these days to be a Kiss fan as it used to be. At least not for me. It isn't. I mean, I still follow them with interest. I you know whatever they're up to. But uh, and this was one of m- one of my bullet points of things that I thought that I don't like that they've done is it's just for it's just great. It cracks me up if you go back and watch the, when they did the reunion tour press conference. One of the first questions was, are you guys going to go crazy with merchandising like you did in the 70s? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We went way overboard <laughs> with that. We're not going to let it get like that again. It's wait, wait, that hold, up, hold up for one thousand. second. They literally said no? Oh, yeah. They they were like, oh, yeah. The, we, uh, is that the Conan O'Brien interview? I think so. Well, I mean, when they did the, the press conference. Right, right, on the, yeah, the, the uh, whatever the, aircraft, the, uh, whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, they, I know it got brought up, and they were like, yeah, we did get a little out of hand and became a little family-friendly and all that. And then it's like, so they were trying to pull back and be like, you know, we're going to be the edgy kiss. And and then look at it now. It's, I mean, I mean, I don't blame them for wanting to make money, but it's just, I don't know. You know, one of my points though was during the like after the post reunion going into Psycho Circus, they had built their their legend back up again. That tour mm-hmm. did wonders for the band. Yep. And they they looked cool. They were doing a good set list with old stuff. They could have fat. Right. Well, yeah, that's a different story. Um, they could have easily slipped back into. They could have picked up where they left off before they went crazy with merchandising and said, okay, we're going to do it right now. But no, you started getting Kiss slippers and Kiss baseballs and all this garbage <laughs> from Spencer. And it's just it, it, just an influx of crap. And like, go if you go to any Kiss convention now, record convention, look on Craigslist in the collectible section, look up Kiss. It's just all that crap from the post-reunion era. And it's it was so it was just overwhelming amounts of it and none of it's worth shit now because they went crazy with it. And you know, and then now Dean and Paul instead of going, Oh, you know, we just you know, we love this album or we love this tour that we did. No, it's like, no, we're working with Hello Kitty now and we have three thousand licenses. It's like I don't give a rat's ass about your license. Yeah, hey, um, but they I don't just, I'm, I I don't mean to cut you off, but uh Paul heard your your little rant there and he said that like you're a loser wannabe who uh, refuses to accept uh, that you're a wannabe? And how's your mom's basement? <laughs> well, I am I'm a sorry. That was that I got that on like a dictaphone. Wow. Okay. Well, he said, "Oh no, a podcast." Yeah. It's but, like, oh, um, no. Yeah. Uh, of course. I'm I, kidding. 
Well, the funny thing yeah. about what, what Chris is saying too is is that in '92, you know, the, the one of my favorite things hey, gr- quick, growing up was what everything he said was right. <laughs> what now? Everything he just said was right. No, I, I agree, but but it, it's even more to, to the point where in '92 they made it a complete effort of having that whole extreme close-up video, like denouncing all the the past <laughs> sins, and now we are a modern band, and now we're badass, and it was fucking ridiculous. And then they continue on and do all this stuff like that, and and to go to my, and then obviously it goes to what Chris is just talking about, where they just went right back on on, on everything. And it all has to do with obviously they're making more of a street hardcore image to go along with the, the Revenge album, but. But with that too is is to go back to my point about the 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 visual stuff is that the best product they ever released, period, ironically, for the most visual band on earth was I a guess? was a book. Oh, that was a kiss sleeping bag. No, the history, the history <laughs> book it was my. That was another thing that that helped cement me with 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 the whole history thing. Even though it was probably most of it was made up and everything like that and elaborated. I mean, did that? Did you own? Do you guys own that? And did that help oh, you? Oh yeah. Like, I mean, that Part thing. One and two. Yeah. Well, I the two top, is uh, horrible. It's nice that we all came in at different times, but we all look at like the '92, '93, '94 era almost the same. Like, Kiss was really riding high, but not commercially or nope. And I, financially. I, I never knew that. But we all kind of love that era, right? Oh, it's the best. Yeah. That's when they were. Oh. They were throwing everything at the wall, and actually, like trying uh, effort-wise, they were trying to please their fans at the time. Actually, yeah, <laughs> right. Instead of trying to please the people that are, instead of just trying to please, you know, concert goers and people that are going to pay them, right? You know, it was like, well, we have this group of fans left. We better take care of them before they're gone too. With that, we're going to take a quick interlude, and we're going to hear another song <laughs> by a band that that definitely is influenced by Kiss. We're going to listen to In the Garage by Weezer, which name checks Ace Freely and Peter Chris. Peter Damn Chris. straight.
All right, Chris, you want to do one more of yours, a kissed opportunity? Sure. <clears throat> this will this will probably be a little uh, controversial with a K. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That, well, anyone that knows me knows I'm a big fan of Vinnie Vincent. And you are? Yeah, his contribution. Has to he the ever bank. filed a restraining order against you? Not yet. Okay. Continue. My, well, yeah, he doesn't have my address, but okay. Um, Stop but, being so yeah. cool about me. <laughs> but no, I, you know, obviously his uh, contributions to creatures and look it up were huge, especially look it up. And yeah, they took the makeup off and that helped them. But also his songwriting and guitar playing was a huge part of them, you know, recovering from Unmasked and the Elder. Um, but then they, then they got greedy and, you know, maybe I should blame, actually, I'll, 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 I'll phrase it this way. The bad decision was Ace Fraley's for leaving Kiss because he, in his reckless behavior, because he, him and Peter Chris soured Gene and Paul so much on other members of the band that Vinny never had a shot at getting a fair deal. That because mm. Ace and Peter were equal partners, and Gene and Paul were like, "Well, we're sure as hell not going to go through headaches with somebody else that's not an that not an equal member. We're gonna we're gonna take all the money for ourselves here." And, to be clear, though, and, like what you're saying is like they, they wouldn't have had the resurgence with Ace Freely. You're just saying no. that like part of the reason that Vinny had to bail was because of their overreaction to having Ace Freely. What now? Yeah, because I mean, well, no, nah, I mean, what I'm saying is Ace and Peter's bad behavior yeah. caused, them, caused them to be very gun-shy when it came to other members of the band coming in. And right, but, but it wasn't like if Ace had stuck around, they would have continued and had the, the, the success with uh, Look It Up or Creatures. No, it really, can you imagine what Creatures or Look It Up would have sounded with Standard Ace Fraley solos. Yeah, I mean, that's my people, point. They would, they would have been horrible. Yeah, it, well, not that it would have been horrible, but it, it wouldn't have fit in with the times. Vinny totally updated their sound. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, do, do you but, agree though that 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 creatures and uh, more more along the lines of Look It Up kind of took a that they definitely were trying. They used kind of the Judas Priest success mm -hmm. as kind of a template a bit. Nope. Yeah, I mean, or yeah, I mean, the, the, they were following. What 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 pre success are you talking about? I'm Screaming talking about like vengeance? like uh, yeah, Screaming for Vengeance. Eighty three. No, it was eighty two. Mm. Eighty two, and like um, I've always thought that that you got another thing coming was kind of a, a look it up template that song, similar in in feel, and the the, the way the guitar sound and everything. Well, I mean, I've, I've never heard wrote, that. I've never heard that from anybody else on any podcast. So maybe only well, I mean, that. But but their sound on on creatures and look it up was so much different than like your classic kiss. You know what I mean? Like it, it definitely well, had a different when different did, feel when did to they, it. You're saying eighty three? I mean, uh, eighty three. Screaming for Vengeance came out in eighty two, and uh, British Steel was what eighty eighty one, and then they wait kind a of, second. But are we? Can, I thought uh, uh, Screaming was eighty three. No, and, uh, 82. Okay. And then you got Look It Up in, in 83. All right. There's just a lot of... Uh, you came into... I came into Judas Priest late, and after I heard those two albums, I was like, hmm. If you listen to those, British Steel and... 
Not that they sound exactly like him, but I'm talking about that attitude, the, the whole no, new, new, wave, new wave of British... You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. They took that and they're like, we got to go more balls out with these motherfuckers. We got we to gotta really mm-hmm. bring bring it and and be more hardcore. And I think that, that there's a lot of elements of those two albums that I see in Creatures and Look It Up. You don't have to agree with me. I'm just saying that that's, that's what, the... What's the end game if they did? Well, it was going to help, like the, help them. Is that very commercial or... What? To be heavy. Right. It makes make them have. They had to. They just like they had adopted to all the other things in the the eighties. I think that was one more. I mean, I love creatures and, and look it up. Those are great albums. But I'm saying that that those were still adaptations for them. Okay. I think. Or could just be Michael James Jackson and his production techniques. That's probably but the guitar sound and everything like that was was definitely drastically obviously a change with Vinny. But I agree with the whole thing. Any about chance him's... you know how to get all of that guy? Who? Who? I, I know. I, I was Jackson. always blown away with. I love the production of those two albums, and I am just amazed the fact that they never. By the way, two totally different sounding records. True, but it still had a great production feel. You didn't have the big drums on, on Lick It Up and everything like that. But you can definitely see, like, like I, I agree with Chris, that as soon as Vinny left, I mean, Animalize is kind of like Lick It Up neutered. It doesn't have the, <laughs> the songwriting and everything like that. All the, the That's talent. That's a great way to put it, yeah. Yeah, you, it's it's like there's very few. There's only maybe two. That was like on our, our episode, uh, great songs from Kiss Albums That Suck. And Animalize is definitely not, is definitely in my bottom five. And, mm. and and part of it was that that whole, you know, going from quality to if you put those stack them next to each other, you can tell that something's missing. There's a lot of things let's, that went on. Let's go back there. to our special guest and let him. Finish. Go ahead, Chris. Sorry, you can interrupt well, me anytime. Uh, no, that's fine. I, I mean, think basically is they just they made a big mistake by letting him walk because I, as much as I love Bruce and I did like Mark St. John, I like some of the stuff he did on Analyze, but. I think with Vinny and Eric Carr, if can you imagine that lineup playing itself out through the eighties, oh I think God. there could have been some, some amazing success there. Like, I mean, some stuff that could have rivaled what Aerosmith was doing. I think so too, with with the fact that obviously when they brought him back from Revenge they knew his songwriting was was up to snuff yeah. and that those are some of the best songs on that, that album. So Yeah. I get it. Huge mistake. Mm-hmm. I yeah, agree. They they knew what was going on. But they, they also know that obviously he was insane. No, but he's completely Chris, normal. Don't you think what that maybe... that <laughs> All right. My my belief is that like there's a chance that uh them being such dicks actually pushed him over the edge and ruined him forever. I don't think so. That I've, that that couldn't last forever though. There had to be I've I've had that theory for a while too, but also but uh, there's been other people that have Worked with him in the past, but pre-kiss that said no, he was a weird guy. But even before kiss, pre-kiss, yeah. Who? Hirsch I know you're next one. Who? Hirsch Gardner, um, Robert Fleischman. Both of them have said that no, there were yeah, there were but, weird things with him before. But uh, Fleischman worked with uh, him after, and then no, after after. Worked- he was also part of the Warrior Project before Kiss. No, no, my, my, my point is that, like, his, uh, his, I don't know, the way he looks at Vinny might be affected by his last experience, and that's so oh, much Well, yeah, that's person. possible, too. I mean, it's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
working with Gene and Paul, from what a lot of people, not just Vinny, have said, is not an easy path. So, no, right. I, I can definitely see that, but I, I don't think that it ruined him for life. I mean, I've worked with some Especially real, real, real dick. I've worked with Paul. some, I've worked with some real dickheads, and and done pat, podcasts with them too, and they've never, they've never, <laughs> they've never, they've never actually ruined me. So it, it, you know, you get over it. Continue on. Well, no, but there's, but you're also don't have men, mental health problems either. And that's right. not. Me- well, yeah, you, don't know, a, you don't know. You don't know that. I mean, obviously, we're we're doing. Uh, I, I'm standing in a studio ranting about minutia of of, of Kiss at 10:50 <laughs> a night. So I may have mental health problems. Well, yeah. Maybe we all need to reevaluate. <laughs> we might. I so probably, I probably need to apologize to my wife for that phone call earlier. But continue. <laughs> well, go, well, let me do the outro. You guys good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I want to fuck loose cannon in the butthole. Oh my god! No edits. I should probably rethink that. My god! I thought there was. I'm leaving that in there for your own embarrassment. No, you're not. Okay, so Chris, do you have anything else? Baco, we're gonna try to wrap this up. Besides awful, absolutely nothing weird or inappropriate that just happened. So I'm no, okay. I feel a little uncomfortable and weird. But with that, with that, well, you're in Florida and it's hot. Okay, so with that said, this is we are coming to the conclusion of three sides <laughs> of a shilling, and it has been a clusterfuck of epic proportions. I am not sure how this is going to sound as a result. It has been a definitely an experience. But, you know, Chris, I just wanted to throw it back to you to, uh, before I throw it back to you, just, just kind of ask, what are your favorite episodes of this spectacular <laughs> podcast that you have spawned? And, and what I mean by that is that Baco and I would not be writing. It's a little kiss-ass mm-hmm. stuff here. But we wouldn't wouldn't be writing, and I, I I don't think I've written for a year on the site. But but Baco definitely wouldn't be writing as much and and doing this podcast if it wasn't for being inspired by Decibel Geek. So uh, that's our. You, you want to add anything there, Baco? Um. Well, you're right. <laughs> um, so I, that- I have gotten so many perks this year because of Decibel Geek and uh, shows. If, if it wasn't for uh, this wonderfully handsome man, who's also powerful and attractive, <laughs> Thanks, saying, man. by the way, I like your writing. Sure, you can come on board. It wouldn't have happened. And my wife thanks <laughs> you, too, because she usually is with me. So. Well, for the, you, for the you do a great job with your with your articles. We've uh, You're one of my favorite writers on the site and always entertaining, even when you're pissing off Mark Torian. And, uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, by unintentionally pissing off Morgan. And it was from those. It was from those articles that uh, that that Baco and I made a, a love connection to do this podcast. I was like, this guy has the same sense of humor. I think, or he probably yeah. has completely different opinions on things. So we fight a lot, but but I was like, this guy at least had the same the same zone. But uh, right. and that and that's the thing too is just in general that you know I'm down here like like Baco just made a joke with down here in Florida. There's pretty much nobody that's obsessed with with rock and music as much as uh 
as much as in the loose immediate. Cannon. Yeah, as much as as loose cannon. But you know, I've got my my couple buddies up north that I keep uh, in contact with with as far as music goes. But this whole idea of the the community the Decibel Geek has created, where you have the people you're like, okay, I'm not completely crazy. I do. There is other people that are this obsessed with with rock <laughs> and would take the time. It's a good feeling because otherwise you're mm-hmm. just like, what is? But well, you and Aaron don't, don't agree all the time either. Huh? No. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, we have plenty of disagreements, but that's what makes the show fun is but, we, you're kind of getting two different uh, takes on things. But the passion is there, is my point. That's an awesome thing. Sure, that's what it's all about. I mean, it's, a, it's an escape. We try to, it, the, the show is an escape doing it for us as much as it is for people listening to it. So with that yeah, said. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if, 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 if I wasn't having fun, I wouldn't do it. Right. But I think that that's the thing that like we share with you guys. Because it is a different show, but you guys never seem to like when you disagree. It's not adversarial, and uh, same with you know me and Luce Cannon. <laughs> a little bit, we go off on each other a little bit more. Probably. Well, it's, it's nice to like bounce it off. Yeah, each yeah, other, yeah. But I don't think we go to bed going. I can't believe he said that. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> horrible, horrible human being. So, so Chris, with, with that said, since you've heard all of our, our episodes and, and, and the reason you're on here is you find us, find us amazingly entertaining, what would be your, since a lot of people will probably be listening to this because of the fact that we're saying you're on it, what would be their <laughs> gateway, what would be their, your, their, the gateway drugs for Cobras and Fire? Like your top, mm-hmm. like two or three that you're like, that is the one that would, be, would hook you. I totally okay. didn't have my favorites probably there was one that was uh it was i think it was called good bands with silly names that was the uh, one without baco though that was the one I was, that <laughs> was the one that's the best one that was the one that i was like feeling like a crazy person talking to myself in a, in a room before i even had a co-host which you have to have oh my god i could maybe, not do that every week well maybe it was more of the song selection on that one that i liked the most yeah i think but, i think if you look back at that, the production was uh, horrible but go ahead the one Danko Jones episode is probably the one that I would recommend to people to check out. Nice. That was the first Danko! one. Danko! Danko. Okay. Any other one? Uh, well, I was going to say the Bruce Kulik this episode, one. but Baco wasn't on that one. Either, so. <laughs> That's okay. Actually, I am. Where are, oh, are yeah, you? He does the intro, at least. Yeah, I'm the, in the intro. Anything else you want to say? I uh, just... Uh, Look, find us at uh, decibelgeek.com. New episodes every Wednesday now. We just changed our release day, so that's a new thing. And then uh, we just got lots planned for the rest of the year. Uh, a lot of theme shows. are going to try to line up some more uh, bigger interviews and possibly another Vinny Vincent special. May be worked on, may not. We'll see. Nice, nice. G- great job on the uh, Christmas in Ju- July, by the way. Those are oh, very thanks. Well, oh, thank you. Thank you. Wait. And I have Baco to thank for awesome articles through that month because he oh, definitely yeah. got us. Absolutely. That was good stuff too. The whole uh, who killed, who killed, and who saved, right? The whole series. Yep, the mug shots were a really cool part of the article. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't even know it, Chris, but you did a great segue because the last song we're going to play in the show to to play us out is Danko Jones with the song "Bad Thoughts," which name checks knights in Satan's service. I'll admit it, I've done a few things that I shouldn't be proud of. And if you wanna get down, I can go down as low as you want. 
taking a piss It should be good to see for a change Just a day how the other half lives And when I take you out, I'll stay your town Make sure you're getting nervous You won't understand that's how it is As a knight in Satan's service I can rip you off and steal all your cash It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 